success. Eyes that lock are sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes, they call them in a bygone day. Sex desire is the most powerful of human desires. When driven by this desire, men develop keenness of imagination, courage, willpower, persistence, and creative ability unknown to them at other times. So strong and impelling is the desire for sexual contact that men freely run the risk of life and reputation to indulge in. When harnessed and redirected along other lines, this motivating force maintains all of its attributes of keenness of imagination, courage, etc., which may be used as powerful creative forces in literature, art, or in any other profession or calling, including, of course, the accumulation of riches. Napoleon Hill. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec here, and I am super stoked that you're here with us today. I have the most amazing guest, and you are going to absolutely love her. I know you are, because I did the second I met her, and there was a couple of innuendos flying around, and she caught on to them, so you know she's our peep. So welcome to the show, Jenny Belanger. How are you doing? I am Bellinger. doing wonderful. No, that's okay. Bellinger. <laughs> it's fine. I'm Belanger, Bellinger, Bellinger. I answer to all of them. It's all good. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. It's the, it's the French in me. I just always want to say the French way because I just think it sounds so nice. <laughs> well, apparently my ex-husband's family is from like the part of, of Germany that switches back and forth between France and Germany. So sometimes it is Belanger and sometimes it was Belanger, depending on whether it was German or French. <laughs> Depends how I feel like that day. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So give us the the 5,000 foot view of who you are and what you do because it is awesome. Woo. Okay. So my company is called Level Up Coaching. I work with rock star direct sales moms to help them earn the company trip so that they can be a role model of success for their children. And some of the ways that I do that is I have coaching, private coaching, small group coaching, large group coaching, uh, team training programs. Um, I'm working on my book, on my online course, and I have my podcast. My podcast is called Badass Direct Sales Mastery. And on that podcast, I am the direct sales dom who helps you whip your business into shape. So for those of you who didn't catch that little acronym, we'll let you go and play it over and over again until you figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Wait, Badass Direct Sales Mastery, Direct Sales Dom. I'm not, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've had a few people have that realization as they were taking notes during a, a meeting or whatever, and they're writing it down. They're like, wait, um, did you mean for this? And I'm like, go look at the podcast art. That's all I'm saying. Yep. <laughs> nice. And I hear there was a little bit of uh, discussion over your uh, artwork for your show. Oh, yeah. Well, let me tell you, I, for the... For the artwork for the show, I chose it intentionally because I knew that as I was putting my podcast out there, that there were a there was a sea of direct sales podcasts out there. So I knew I needed to be able to catch people's attention because when they search for something to listen to, all we have is that little one inch square of real estate on somebody's phone. And so I knew I needed to have something that would, was visual, would catch their attention. And so, of course, with a podcast like Badass Drug Sales Mastery, um, I had a lot to play with. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it was a lot of fun to, to come up with that podcast art. Um, and it, I've actually heard from listeners who have reached out to me. And when I said, you know, how did you find me? How did you find the podcast? I'm just curious. Every single one of them has said, 
it was the podcast art. I was searching for a direct sales podcast, scrolling through. <laughs> Yours looked nothing like anybody else's. Nothing like it. And so they had to stop and listen. And that's when I knew I was like, all right, if I'm on to something here, if I can get people to stop scrolling, that's a deal. That's a that's a good deal. Nice. So how exactly do you incorporate your badassness into your podcast? Well, for me, I do fun episodes, some fun um monologue episodes where it's just me talking. And oftentimes I will put in some sort of um, BDSM theme. So um, I have some on there saying, um, oh, what's one of them? I'm trying to remember that now, of course, it's totally left my head. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, we'll but back. oh, it was basically, are, are you a sadist? <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> every know? salesperson on the planet is a sadist. sadist. And uh, I think if you go into an entrepreneurial position, <laughs> it's even worse. Exactly. And so it was just, you know, just because you're in BDSM doesn't mean you're a sadist. But if you're in sales, how do you make sure that you're not a sadist? And how do you make sure that you're actually getting what you want out of life? And so I do fun things like that, that also educate a little bit about the BDSM world as well. Um, I've done episodes where I talked about being the direct sales dom. What does that mean to me? Because what that means to me is very important for other people to know that I'm not a sadist. I'm not a masochist. I'm not like my type of domness is I want the best for you. And so the way I do that is hold you accountable to the things you say you want to do. Um, so those are the, the monologue episodes. So there's but just a I, couple of ropes involved. That's it. Just a little. And, yeah. and we do have a whip <laughs> and <laughs> there is a writing crop, you know, um, we do have a safe word as well, which I, I, um, revealed the safe word in my third episode for everybody. Cause you got to know the safe word, but I'm not going to tell you guys what it is. You have to go listen to episode three because it's hilarious. It's the most perfect safe word in the history of ever, ever. Nice. Like, like I, I know, um, so you and I have a mutual friend. We met through Doug Sandler um, and he and his co-host Strickland Bonner, they have a joking safe word on their podcast, The Nice Guys for Business. And their safe word is pineapple. And I'm like, why'd you pick that? And they're like, I don't know. It's just a random word. I'm like, oh, okay. So when they heard my safe word, cause they also helped me launch my podcast. When they heard my safe word, they just, they were rolling. They were like, that's so perfect. I love it. It's so great. I'm like, I know. Cause it's the best safe <laughs> word ever. And well, you guys I, totally I steal it. by Virginia uh, Musquiz that I was supposed to go and listen to that episode. And I'm like, I gotta go listen to that episode. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. You have totally. to listen to it. It's so much fun. Nice. So much fun. That is awesome. Yeah. So what do you actually work with and teach people in, in your programs and stuff? So I really tend to focus on three key areas of direct sales, which are actually the three most important pieces of direct sales. Sales, obviously, have, you know, shifting people's mindset around sales, their language around sales, and how they behave around their sales process. Um, and of course, that means they have to identify, do they have a process? And if they don't, then I, I help them develop a process. Uh, the second thing I work with my clients on is sponsoring. Because of course, if you are in direct sales, sponsoring is a part of business growth. In, and that's how you um, expand your empire is being able to add in people who also have a passion for whatever it is that you're selling, um, the problem that you're solving with your products, um, and growing that team. So that way you can make money, um, 
from other people doing business, like being a, you know, offering that opportunity because they're going to know people you would never meet, never know anyway, never be able to sell to in any way, shape or possible, uh, sh any way, shape or form. And so that sponsorship piece is sometimes a real uh, clutch for some people in terms of they just, they don't know how to do it. They don't know what to say. They don't, they don't want to come across as that quote unquote, that person. Um, so they just don't do it at all. And so they're not maximizing their direct sales business and how much money they could be making, especially if their goal is to replace their income with their business. And then the third area I help them with is leadership. Because of course, if you're going to be sponsoring, you're going to be leading a volunteer army because everyone you bring into the business is an independent business owner. They don't have to do anything you say. So managing doesn't work because managers like tell people what to do. And if they don't do it, they fire them. Well, you can't do that in drug sales. <laughs> yeah. It's like firing your volunteers. <laughs> like, right. No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> it, it, it won't work. So um, what I do is I work with my clients on learning how to lead. And the easiest way that I work with them on that is to actually get them to learn to lead themselves first. Because if you don't follow you, why should I follow you? Mm -hmm. So here yeah. So nice. I love it. Well, and I find there's things. such a huge correlation to just any kind of sales. And when I say any kind of sales, I mean, really mean any kind of sales. So when people kind of catch on that sales isn't about, hey, do you want to buy this thing? Hey, do you want to buy this thing? Hey, do you want to buy this thing? That it's really a negotiation. It's an understanding where that other person's coming from. It can be used with your kids and negotiating dessert. It can be used yes. in a boardroom with multi-million dollar contracts. It's kind of the same thing. And you have to hit on those three points that you just hit on. And if you don't have all three of those points, you're missing out. And so for those of you who go, yeah, but I'm not in direct sales. Well, yeah. well, it doesn't matter. If you have any kind of sales, you should be talking to centers of influence who can get you into more people at a time than just one on trying to hunt and pack for people. And that's the same process as well. Affiliate marketing, same thing. Like mm -hmm. it, it just... To me, it's brilliant and it transfers to everything. People need to know the skills that you have. And in fact, I think they'd be way better if they cross-pollinated, so to speak, learn what you have to teach them, you know, learn the vocabulary, <laughs> be able to self-identify other people in the room that catch on to the innuendos, have a lot more fun with it, and, right. and, but be able to um, bring that back into their industry and then stand mm -hmm. apart from everybody else that's doing it the same old, same old. Yeah, definitely. I, the, the funny thing is, is even though I primarily work with, I mean, 85%, 90% of my clients are in direct sales, which means there's a number of people that I coach who are not in direct sales. And it's basically because they, they heard about what I was doing, heard about the, the things that I was offering to my clients and, and what I was working on with them and the results that they were getting. And they were like, look, if you can teach them how to sell skincare, or lipstick, or jewelry, or candles, or like whatever, you can teach me to sell in the same way because it's, it's different products, right? And I'm like, yep, same process. Exactly. It's exactly. <laughs> sales is sales is sales. And sales isn't just having, like you said, it isn't just about the product. It's about understanding that you have a solution to a problem. So all you have to do is find the people who have that problem. And then make sure that it's a priority for them. And then once it becomes a priority, then guess what? Their gratitude for you solving the problem comes to you in the form of money. 
Exactly. And it doesn't have to be erectile dysfunction. (laughs) (laughs) Right. She will whip you into shape, people. Yes. First crop and all. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Very cool. So what, how do people usually start working with you? Do you have like opt-ins, courses? What kind of stuff you got? So great question. Um, What I generally do is I have a free webinar that I offer um, usually about every other month or so. It's a webinar series that covers sales, sponsoring, and leadership three weeks in a row. I know the three (laughs) things that I know how to teach people how to do. Um, and that is called the brunch and learn series. So if you, uh, if you go onto Facebook and find my Facebook page, like my Facebook page, my, again, my company is called level up coaching LLC. Um, and so I have that event up there, like I said, about every other month that allows people to come in, see what I have to offer. Do I actually know what the fuck I'm talking about? kind of thing. See if we're energetically a good fit. Cause if they like me by the end of the course, then they're generally like, all right, let's have a conversation. If not, I never hear from them again. And I'm like, cool, not my tribe. That's okay. (laughs) It doesn't hurt my feelings. There's no personal thing involved because I know that there are lots of people out there who need me. I just have to put enough out there for them to be able to find me so that I can help them. So that's generally how I do that is through the brunch and learn series. Nice. And hence why we're here today, talking about all things good. Nice. Very cool. So um, any other uh, particular innuendos that you like to reference with uh, in the world of sales? (laughs) Oh my, there's so many. Well, just, just keep in mind everybody that, that sales is, is still something you are selling your, if you're in a relationship, let me start this over. If you are in a relationship, you are selling every day. If you are not selling yourself as someone to be in relationship with, guess what? That relationship is not going to work, right? So this sales process still applies to relationships. It's what are you doing to make sure you know the person on the other side of that conversation? What are their needs? What are their wants? How can you help them solve those problems? If you can't solve those problems, introduce them to other people to who can solve those problems. And then they come back to you saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, because you've helped solve those problems, right? You're there, whether you're, you know, a shoulder to cry on, an ear to listen, or someone to actually, you know, solve a problem. But when people tell me that they're not a salesperson, I'm like, are you married? (laughs) Are you in a relationship, a long-term relationship? Are you dating right now? If any, if the answer to any of those three things is yes, then yes, you are a salesperson. Now it's just a matter of, are, are you good at it? Are you great at it? Or are you learning? <laughs> I think we're all learning if I had to really assess that one. <laughs> yes, very true. Even those of us who are great are still learning it how to be better for Sure. Absolutely. But yeah, I would definitely say if, if you, if if you don't see yourself as a salesperson, um, that's the first mindset shift that needs to happen. So starting, starting with how are you selling yourself as someone to be in relationship with? That's an awesome, awesome point. Because I know when I first got into sales, it was brutal. I was, (laughs) oh, my first foray into sales. I was, I think, 18, I was in Ottawa and I was selling recipe books, the great big 20 pound recipe books on a street corner in downtown Ottawa. And I was like, this sucks. (laughs) Who the hell wants to take home a 20 pound recipe book ever? (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, it's not like yeah. somebody's walking around in life going, man, I hope I can get a really giant recipe book at the corner of Smith and fifth. You know, no, no, it was brutal. <laughs> and then I got the brilliant idea that, oh, I think I'll go and get a job selling uh, gold. What do you call it when you dip shit in gold? Um, it's not oh, framing. Gold, plated? It's gold plating. Gold plating on stuff. And the primary kind of market that buys stuff like that was the boat industry. So people who have really schmancy yachts and shit like that, they, they get a lot of their stuff gold plated. Okay. But we weren't near the ocean. <laughs> okay. So I'm learning a few things about sales. <laughs> yep. 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 You got to be where the market is. That's helpful. <laughs> you know, oh, no, that was good. Then I went oh, into waitressing. That was brutal. Hated yeah. That's, that's, a, yeah. that's an interesting thing to do. I've never done the waitressing, waitressing thing. I've been a hostess at a, at a restaurant before, but then they were like, do you want to switch to be a waitress? I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> No, I'm perfectly happy standing up here looking pretty, smiling and saying, hey, let me take you to your seat over here. Exactly. <laughs> let me take well, you over here. <laughs> even that is sales, though, because if people are going, oh, can I have a window seat? And you're going, no, they're, they're full. That's your choice. Or you can sell the other right. areas of the restaurant. One of the restaurants I saw do this the best was in West Palm Beach. There's a restaurant there and they said, would you like to sit outside in the outdoor ambiance? Or you can go near the band and it's more of a um, kind of festive kind of mood. Or we have the back room, which is much more quiet and it's lovely and relaxing. And I was like, no matter where you chose, it was it awesome. It sounded amazing. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I was like, oh my God, I don't know where to sign now. <laughs> you know? Right. And that to me is sales. Well, that's marketing, but mm -hmm. it's, it's the ability to be able to create a conversation that is appealing to the person that you're talking to. And as long as you're talking to someone, <laughs> you're in sales, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, seriously, it's, it, like I said, it can be relationships, friendships. It can be you're selling a product. I mean, I didn't technically get into quote unquote sales until 2010 when I started my business. Before that, I was a teacher. Wow. <laughs> Which is a sales position if you really think about it because you're selling trying to get kids to pay attention to you you are selling trying to get kids to do their homework you're selling parents not to come in there and yell at you <laughs> can you tell why i eventually ended up leaving <laughs> yeah. you know but you it, it is a sales position it's just when you know the psychology behind human beings and understanding how people think and how, how to approach a problem in such a way that they all of a sudden realize, oh my gosh, this is a bigger problem than I thought it was. I should totally solve it. Oh wait, you have the solution. Great. Let, let, let's talk about this. Right. So it, it was something that over time I learned how to take what I had learned as an educator and, and put it into place in my direct sales business. Cause I did direct sales for seven years. Um, and you know, I was selling jewelry. Ain't nobody need jewelry. Nobody oh, needs it. Right. I mean, I there I are do. women who, who, <laughs> I mean, there are women who want it, want it, want it so badly that it feels like a need, which I totally, I resonate with. Cause I'm that person right here. I am working from home and yet wearing jewelry. Okay. Um, but I, I figured out a way to have the conversation with women to, for women who were like, well, you know, I don't want to spend this on me right now. Cause if I spend it on me, then I can't spend it on my kids. And, 
how do you have that conversation to help shift somebody's um, viewpoint in a way that they see the value of what you have to offer? And that really became one of the reasons why I was so good at selling, because then I could also teach my team members how to do the same. And then they were able to to do that and increase their sales. So be in front of the same number of people and make more money. Hey, hey. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> nice. Totally get that. And if there was, say, a couple of things, two or three, what would you say are the most important things that somebody needs to know in in sales other than kind of one, you got to wrap your head around the fact that you're always in sales. So you are a salesperson. If you're living and you're breathing, you're already a salesperson. Okay. We've got over that. Mm -hmm. Now what? All right. So the next part is, is when it comes to a sales conversation, um, really the more you talk, the less you're selling, right? Um, because you can't find out enough about the other person to be able to, because people will literally tell you if you ask the right questions and listen carefully to what they have to say, they will tell you how to sell them. They will tell you whether or not this is something that's going to work out for both of you and be a win-win for both of you. They get their problem solved. You get money in return for solving their problem. If you listen carefully, but that means you have two ears, one mouth, use them proportionately. Love so that's the, that's the after, after number one, understanding that you are a salesperson, no matter what it is that you do. Secondly, the thing you need to know about sales conversations is speak less, listen more. I mean, just easy peasy, speak less, listen more. Um, let's see what else. That's a really good question. Hmm. I, I think the next thing is just to um, really track what you're doing. Know your baseline. What are you doing right now? Because that which gets tracked gets completed. That which gets celebrated gets repeated. So when, if you don't even know what your average sales are right now, if you don't know what your average sales month looks like, go back and look at that, figure out what that is. If not for the history of your entire sales career, but at least looking back the past three months and getting an average for three months worth of sales, look at that, take that, do the math, figure it out, know where you're starting from to be able to be like, okay, so I know if I can hit my average by halfway through the month, I'm golden right? Because the, then that means the rest of the month, all the other sales are icing on the cake and I'm moving up. But if you don't even know what that baseline is, you're not going to be able to advance at all. So it's a really simple, easy thing to, to keep track of, especially if you've got some sort of sales software or something that's keeping an eye on that for you. So all you have to do is just go take a look and go, okay, how much money have I made this month in sales? How much gross sales revenue have I brought in for my business? And then just knowing if I can just advance that, that timeline for when I hit that average sales goal. So in, you know, the first month that you do this, you might hit it on like the 25th of the month, right? But then you've got six to seven days, another week or so to keep adding to that and make it a bigger month than it was before. And then month two, you might hit it on day 20. Ooh, now like the, the earlier you can advance the time when you hit that average sales that's going to advance your business faster. Um, and just that little bit of tracking, which takes virtually no time at all um, to be able to increase your sales. Because if you don't know where you're starting, 
the, the whole race becomes pretty much useless. <laughs> nice. So peeps, if you're frustrated and have pent up energy, you need to start tracking what's going on. And if you were anything like I was when I first started in sales, I would track my sales and they were zero, zero, <laughs> zero, zero. And then yeah. just got really depressing. You really got to start focusing on the six inches between your ears. And Jenny's going to help you with that because mm -hmm. it's what she does. And she's awesome at it. I know she is. And she's going to do it in a way that's fun, loving, caring, and you'll have your safe word. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> nice. So don't get frustrated. Don't let it get pent up. We want all of that energy exploding all over the place. And you make lots and lots of money doing it. So there you go. How's that for a visual? <laughs> I love it. That's so great. Oh, and that's exactly the kind, the, the kind of people that I want to be able to work with. Thanks. <laughs> nice. I love that. So um, I do love asking people, when did you know that you were the special kind of crazy that you were crazy enough to become an entrepreneur? Ooh, I, you know what? I got into my direct sales business out of necessity. Um, because I had left education to have a baby and I was like, oh, I can go back and be a teacher anytime. Um, and what ended up happening was the recession of 2008 to 2012 happened. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> I can go back anytime until they're not hiring. <laughs> yeah, I can go back anytime until I realized that the states are not paying their schools right now because they have no money because nobody else has money. So what am I going to do? Um, and so I ended up starting with my direct sales business back in 2010, which you're like, oh my gosh, you started in direct sales during a recession? Yep, showed it and became a top salesperson really quickly. Um, and I remember it was probably in my very first month that I was like, I really kind of like this. This is really nice. Like having control over my, my life, having control over my business while I can't control whether or not people say yes or no to my product or having a party or joining my team, I do have control over how many people I talk to. And so if I want to grow my business, the more activity I do, the better I'm going to get. And I won't have to talk to as many people if I get better at this. And so I just, I think that was really when I, I figured that out was probably September of 2010 that I went, Ooh, yeah, this is, this is my, this is my jam. <laughs> and then, um, just a few years later when I figured out that, you know, as much as I love sales, what I really, really, really loved was helping people also be good at sales. Cause I figure if I can, if I can contribute that into the world, help people do something that is so necessary to build a business. Um, because if you don't have sales, you don't have a business. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> right. And if you can get good at sales and if I can help people get good at sales, then that's really my calling. This is where I'm meant to be. And so switching from a direct sales business to, my coaching business where I really now was in charge of everything. Like before, like I didn't have to worry about a website. My company took care of that. And, you know, there were so, like credit card processing and I didn't have to worry about contracts or legality or staying up on my LLC and blah, 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 right? Like I didn't have to worry about all of that. And then all of a sudden like, oh, I do. Cause now it's me. <laughs> so, you know, it, that really also was a, an eye opener for me where I was like, okay, so I'm going to do this coaching thing. I'm going to run a business and yeah. And ultimately 
um, from day one, my goal has been, okay, I also want to grow my coaching practice. I want to grow other coaches, bring other coaches in who want to work specifically with people who are in direct sales with work with network marketers, either in the same way I do, so we can reach more people or maybe in slightly different ways. Maybe they know different ways to, to work with like social media, not my jam. Like I'm on Facebook, I'm on TikTok, but yeah, no, no, by no means an expert on how to sell a business or sell a product or anything like that online. So like my goal is eventually to continue growing this business and, and allow other coaches the opportunity to, to do what they love and not have to deal with the website, <laughs> the marketing, the whatever. They just can coach and be done with it. They don't have to worry about the credit card processing or anything like that because I've got their back on that. So it's, it's just a matter of, of finding those people and being able to, to build and grow so we can reach more people in my company mission of helping 100,000 uh, moms have a positive impact on their lives and their businesses to be able to really um, make that impact. That's my company mission, 100,000. And I can't do that by myself, not before I die. Nice. I love so. that. Love, love, love that. And peeps, what I heard out of that was so much of kind of, you don't know what you're capable of until you make that leap. And sometimes mm -hmm. it's just a leap of faith. It's not that I want this, <laughs> I have to have this, but then you go, oh my God, I'm totally capable of doing something I never thought I was capable of it. And damn, I'm good at it. Yeah. And that to me is just magical. I love that. And it's, um, it's always awesome to see when people just kind of go and are willing to do something completely harebrained and then all of a sudden going, oh my God, I'm actually really good at this and I like that. Yeah. Nice. Your, your, gut, your, your gut and your brain will lead you in directions that you never thought possible if you're willing to listen to them. Nice. You know? Awesome. Awesome. Well, peeps, not too many people like to be spewed in the face. So you get better at sales and you will attract a much bigger audience of participants if you're looking for, you know, sales or exhibitionists. Like <laughs> There's some. <laughs> <laughs> All in the innuendo, baby. All in the innuendo. Any last words for our peeps? Uh, no, no. I Thank you so much for having me on. This has been probably quite easily the most fun interview I've done in three years of podcasting. Nice. <laughs> Yay. We reached. Excellent. And by the way, if anybody knows Howard Stern, I'd really love to get him on the show. So <laughs> keep that one open for a little bit. Oh, while. really? Well, yeah. you know what? You should talk to our good friend, Doug Sandler. Really? He Ooh. has had Jackie the Joke Man on his show. So now you are one, two degrees of separation from Howard. So I'm just saying that could oh, work. Here we come. <laughs> nice. Awesome. It has been super fun. Thank you very much. Jenny, give us a website again one more time. Oh, yes. Uh, my website is levelupcoachllc.com. Levelupcoachllc.com. Awesome. And we'll see you on the flip side. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Little Blue Pill for Business podcast with your mistress in business, Michelle Nedelec. Why are you still here? Go to littlebluepillforbusiness.com and get your goodies. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to share it with somebody else that you know would enjoy getting it up in business after you subscribe to the podcast, of course, so you won't miss any future episodes. Now, check the notes for links. Oh, and only tell your wife if she's into this. 
you know, entrepreneurship. And I'll see you both on the other side.